Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. And thanks for tuning in to another episode of Talking Preps. We have another special show for you today. Last week, we had the great Taylor Williamson from Wyzetta Girls Hockey breaking down that state tournament. Today, we have high school hockey's David Lee Roth. We have Henry Sibley coach Ted Cheeseboro, who just in case you're worried about that comparison, Ted, you are fueled by Red Bull, not questionable substances. That's fair. And I'd much rather be David Lee Roth than uh, the Sammy Hagar. And that's not even close. <laughs> I, I Very quickly, I encourage you to listen to David Lee Roth's most recent podcast with Joe Rogan. Like you, a lot of sizzle, but a lot of steak. And that's why we're happy to have you back. You have put in the work to uh, create a tournament preview that is based on uh, your reporting and your contact with coaches and double A. And I look forward to uh, what you've come up with again this year. All right. Thanks. Thanks, David. And thanks for having me. I'll say um, right for, we've done this a couple of years now. Um, and what I was able to do since the seating happened last Friday was I spoke to the, I spoke to the head coach of all eight double A uh, state tournament teams and under the, the guise of let's, sort of cut let's cut through the cliche stuff and the coach talk the coach speak and rather let's pull back the curtain and i'm i want your real unfiltered answers to these questions provided that what i can offer you in return is anonymity so i was able to speak like i said with each of the eight head coaches and ask them the questions that people probably really want to know but now i can give you the answers you really want to hear one you might get if you're sitting with that coach at dinner or you're sitting with him in the stands at a game because you happen to know him. So it was really fun, truly, to hear from each of these guys who I know and, and, uh, and have coached against over the years. So um, to dive right into it, one of the questions uh, I asked them, and they each got a, bat, a battery of questions. It was the same ones. And it was interesting to see where their answers really kept overlapping and then where some of them went in different directions. First question, Dave, was I asked the coaches, if you don't win at all, which team is going to and why? So um, I wanted them to look at the rest of the field and hear some of one of the things I heard in response. Uh, I heard Hill Murray a lot, and I found that interesting, right? I mean, they, you have Eden Prairie as the number one seed. Um, you have Hill Murray coming back as the defending state champ. And the, the, the coaches said, look, when it comes to this field, Hill Murray, they're deep. They're, they get to the right spots on the ice. They have the goaltending. They have a coaching staff with experience at this state tournament. Although, as you and I might talk about a little bit more, that's true for the entire field, frankly. Seven of the eight teams this year in the AA tournament were here last year. Only, the only team that is not back is Blake, and they're replaced by Wyzetta. And Coach Pat O'Leary has plenty of experience here, being in yes. this spot before. State tournament championship, in fact. But so as the coaches went on, they said, look, when it comes to Hill, they have experience in big games. They're so disciplined and meaning disciplined and not like not taking penalties, although they're that too, but they have a system that's built and they plug guys in and their goalie might be an example of that too. I mean, look, they had the goaltender of the year last year. He was on your all Metro team, as I recall, and uh, being the top Metro area goaltender in Remington. And then they have a new goalie this year. Um, a few other comments about the pioneers. Uh, one coach said, look, they play a man's game. It's how they play mm -hmm. it, how they go about 
it's how they go about the hockey in each of the zones. And that style of play is well suited to a, a three game tournament. Um, and I thought this was interesting. One of the coaches said, and I think now you have to consider the bracket a little bit, but one of the coaches said, look, the bracket is set up for the pioneers to win it if they get by YZ. And I think the thought there is they have to play YZ the first day, but if they are to win, can they get by a Moorhead at Lakeville South? Or in other words, they don't have to deal with an Eden Prairie or a Maple Grove or potentially an Andover or St. Thomas for that matter, who says actually is one of the few teams that gave Hill Murray fits. In fact, gave them one of their only losses. So I thought that was really interesting that there was a Hill Murray, but not a complete consensus. I mean, it wasn't unanimous. It's worth noting Hill Murray beat YZ and one of many uh, repeat matchup. Some of these teams have played two or even three times this season. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially in a year where lots of teams didn't get to play outside a conference, but you look at Maple Grove gets only a game or two or Lakeville South gets only a game or two and they played each other and Lakeville South won it. So one, a couple of the other answers though, um, if, if your team isn't going to win it, who do you think really will? And people said, look, uh, Eden Prairie, they have a first line. That's unreal. Um, they have some solid defensemen. They're battle tested. They're the runner-ups from a year ago. They're the runner-ups from two years ago. Um, or runners up, I should say, getting my plural right. So people still have their eyes. The coaches have their eyes on Eden Prairie and then a Maple Grove. One coach said, look, Maple Grove is one of the fastest teams in the field. They have high-end defensemen. They have good goaltending. They have all the pieces. So that's what the coaches thought of the rest of the field um, as far as favorites go. I also asked them, who's the dark horse to win it, to win the whole thing? And once again, one answer kept coming up, although there were a handful of answers, but people talked a lot about the Wyzetta Trojans. And, and here's what the coaches thought of them. They said, look, Wyzetta is not going to fear anybody when they show up at the rink because they've played good team after good team. They had to line up this year multiple times against Eden Prairie, Edina, Minnetonka, a, a good St. Michael Albertville team. Um, so one coach said, look, I know why that is on, I know they're unseated, but no one who is close to this, uh, close to this sport, the high school boys, high school hockey is going to be shocked if why uh, wins it, it wouldn't be some, you know, crazy run because they're a defensive team and defense rarely takes a night off. So I thought that was really good uh, comments about the Trojans. Another coach said, look, they're defensively sound. They're well coached. Their D have come a long way this year. Their goaltender will give them a chance in any game. And put it this way, if you're the sort of t- type of team that can put Edina in running time, you could beat anybody. So YZ is a dark horse to the extent this field can even have one. A couple of other teams that got mentioned, um, well, one in particular I thought was interesting, and it was Moorhead. So Moorhead last year, terrific team. Like I said, they were here. But if you look at the composition of their roster, they're younger, a lot younger. They were not the number one seed in their section. It was Rozo. Um, but coaches said, look at Moorhead. If you look at their whole year, they don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot either. And they're a young group that – has gone up a steep steep learning curve in that they get better from one month to the next. They're making the biggest jumps because these kids, like I said, they probably have further to go than the Eden Prairie team that was there a year ago or, 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 you know, the Andover team that was there a year ago. The coach John, I talked to John Ammerman for the capsules I'm writing for Wednesday's paper. And he said, he said they get better by the month. He said a week is like a month for us in terms of development, because to your point, we are young, we are inexperienced. 
So yeah, uh, Moorhead's come a long way. And how many times have we seen it in the history of the tournament, the team with expectations that falls short the next year, a team with, without the pressure ends up making a better run than you thought they might. So maybe that's Moorhead this year. It it, it could be Uh, one of the coaches from the field said Moorhead's a good system team. And what he meant by that is look, they have, they have nice structure in all three zones and their players know their jobs. So to the last point about the players learning their jobs as they go. And, and as I sit from the outside looking in, uh, Moorhead is, they're playing with house money here. I mean, this younger group, they're here. They, um, not that they're quote happy to be here, but at the same time, I think if you ask John, if, you know, if this season has met his expectations, if you asked him in November, he would say yes at this point. So they got nothing to lose uh, as far as the cliche goes. Um, next question I asked the field were, which team scares you the most? Because that's a little bit different than who do you think might win it? Or because now, again, in the name, we're talking about a, a, a one game playoff series on each of you know three nights. So some of the coaches in response to that said, look, Eden Prairie. And that's why they're seated number one, because if they go out and score on their first shot, which they're capable of doing, capable of doing, they could score a dozen goals. If they get confidence and they roll, other teams can tighten up or panic. One coach along a different coach, but along the same line says, I think EP is the scariest because they have, they have a couple guys who can just totally break open games. And if uh, you can come down to just a handful of guys where if a game's a special teams battle, that might make the difference because EP has such high end and scores on the power play. Or if it's a one goal game, EP might be the most likely, again, in a strong field of having one or two guys you can point at that can go out and get you that one goal. So Eden Prairie, uh, they do, they strike a little bit of fear. Um, Other coaches said, I put it this way. If Eden Prairie is number one, Maple Grove is one a, and for the same reason, Dave, they're so dangerous when they have the puck said the coaches, they just have so much skill and any team that scores as much as they do, you have to respect as being dangerous. Again, they didn't get to do a lot outside of the Northwest suburban. So they have to line up against Centennial twice Andover twice uh, uh, Elk river twice Blaine twice, but they took care of all of those teams. Their only, their only blemish is a one-goal loss to Lakeville South. So Maple Grove, um, again, they, they have that, that, that game-breaking element kind of like, like Eden Prairie. Um, other coaches mentioned, look, Lakeville South's first line is super dangerous. St. Thomas has two guys who can absolutely light it up in Hallam and Wright, two guys who on their own could maybe put up four or five who don't play together. Actually, I, I didn't realize they were split. You know, coaches do that. Well, we feel like these guys are dynamic enough. Sometimes they realize they overdid it and they put the guys back together, but, but Hallam and Wright occupy two different lines and it's going great for the cadets. Yeah. And shows some depth for them. Right. Because if they, if they do the whole thing, if they make the guys next to them better and they can find complementary parts that make those two superstars better, then it raises the, it raises the complementary parts become so much more dangerous than of their self. Um, some people said, look, Andover is young and they're learning and they're improving. And to the point you made three or four minutes ago, you know, it was Andover's tournament to lose a year ago. It was clear. And it came in as a a consensus. Number one, there's no question about it. There's no debate about who the one seed would be as opposed to this year. You could make with a straight face an argument for four teams being the number one seed, even Maple Grove. I mean, they lost to Lakeville South, but look what they've done. You can make the case for EP. You can make the case for Hill. I mean, Lakeville South is undefeated, Dave. And they're the three seed. Like, what more can you do? 
they, they roll through the South Suburban. They beat Maple Grove outside of conference. But so you say that about Andover. Look, now they come back. Mark Manny has them playing well. They got better over the course of the season. They pushed Maple Grove in each of their two regular season matchups. But, um, you know, it just kept coming back to, like one coach said, Eden Prairie's the scariest. It's not close because no one can match their top five guys when they're going. And everyone in this tournament is really good. But EP can score five goals in a period if they want to. So, um, last uh, the last comment about this question, I thought it was interesting. One coach said, look, consider the field. The scariest team is whichever one we're playing. So... <laughs> And, and another coach said, look, honestly, none of them scare us. We know how good they all are, and we respect all of them, but none of them scare us. And, again, I don't think you'd get that answer if you had to put the guy's name on it. So uh, it was kind of fun to have him say, look, if I can speak freely. And then I thought this was a really interesting – this is the, the last answer to this. A coach said, the scariest opponent is whoever we have in our first game. And he was saying that even knowing that the seating was already set. And he wasn't talking about his particular opponent in the quarterfinals. His point was it, the tournament gets easier for the players after they get that first one out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so speaking about fears, when we talk about the X's and O's and the fears, uh, you know, I asked them, yeah, what scares you most about the tourney weekend? Again, because these coaches, everybody who's been there is a veteran. They, they've been there. Um, they're literally all there a year ago, except for Wyzetta, who's there plenty of times in the, the late 20 teens and has a title. Um, and I thought here, I got some answers. I didn't necessarily expect, I don't know what I expected, but one coach said, you know what? The virus is what scares mm-hmm. them for sure. He says, consider what happened to Duluth East and all the other teams that like missed the playoffs. They're just out. Shakopee, Simley, you might be able to remember some, David, because, I mean, it was one after another as those reports came in. Mankato um, East, yeah. Mankato one. East. The one team had to field their, their JV in place of their varsity to at least get – to at least be able to play. That was down in section. Yeah, that, that might have been Mankato East now that you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah. I think it was in Farmington and Owatonna had a scenario like that. But so the coach said, hey, it, look at the Centennial girls. The Centennial girls beat the number two seeded team in their section. Then they beat the number one seeded team in their section. They go to the state tournament against the odds. And then they don't even get to participate as you reported. And as we sit right now. So um, another coach said the same thing. Honestly, our biggest fear is COVID. Look at the Centennial girls. What if something like that trickles to us and there's nothing we can do to prevent it? Um, Some other elements of of, uh, elements of coaches answers there were, Look, since there's not going to be 18,000 people in the building, um, one fear is you got to create your own energy because if you don't, you're going to blink and the tournament is over. So you need to manufacture your own emotion. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. You don't, you're not going to be able to play off the band and the bands playing or back and forth, the, the, the student sections playfully taunting one another, the crowded building. You don't have those things this year. I'm curious about that because you've lived it as a coach. You know, the lights are going to be as bright as the lights ever are. They get, the stakes are, there's no mistaking what the stakes are, but not having the crowds. And we should point out too, that the quarterfinals are capped at 250. The semifinals and finals have the opportunity to go up into the thousands. The cap, the high school league, as of recording this Monday morning, the high school league has not 
extent and not made it clear what their situation is, but we know the cap is 3000 per session. I, th I think that the lower twos are probably more realistic as far as being able to move people in and out. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that you don't have that element, does that um, make it better for a young Andover team, a young Moorhead team? Uh, why is that a team that has been there in a few years? Does that, is it better to not have that in terms of being able to get your guys, get their game on the ice more easily? Might be. It very well could be. And um, again, for some of those younger groups, will it help them? Uh, again, another coach talked about the NHL logo is still on the ice. We're still getting dressed in their locker rooms, but it's you're going to have to do it from the bench and get your team going uh, because uh, another coach pointed out about the nature of the building. And he said, look, I've been in here for youth hockey games. And in fact, I have too, Dave, my, 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 my kids when they were peewees or whatever, it's fun. They go get a scrimmage in or do something like that. But one of the, one of the tournament coaches this year said that building is eerily silent when you only got a few hundred people in it, or even you get to a thousand people. So for these kids, it's their biggest game of the year in a borderline silent building. It's going to be a weird atmosphere. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Another worry that one of the coaches had and said, look, is this, and this is a really sort of, I think a deep, a reflecting, a reflective, deep thinking answer that the audience who are listening can think about for themselves. The coach said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it. I don't think it'll necessarily happen, but is this bizarre stunted version of the tournament going to hurt the attorney's future? And he said, look, one of the great things is walking the hallways and seeing all the old timers walking the concourse. We talk about the students, but you, you see all the, the old guys who've been there and going for, for literally decades. And the, the, the grandmas out there watching when they don't even have a tie to it, but maybe they have grandchildren who played hockey and they know the importance of hockey in Minnesota and they love going. So this coach said, look, will this tournament be the same? Will it come back 100%? and be the same. And he said, I think deep down that it will. I, I certainly hope, but I have a little fear that it won't. Will there be someone who, you know, at, will the thousand dollars that they spend on going downtown for a long weekend, staying in hotels, eating out, going to happy hour, going to the games, is it still going to be worth it to them? Or might they say, you know what, this was so different. I was forced into something different by virtue of the pandemic, but I had fun taking that money and going down South for spring break and just putting the games on a live stream. And honestly, that Dave, that never occurred to me until that coach said it. And I guess it's a legitimate fear. We know we have a special institution here in the tournament, but you know, we've seen the pandemic change. Hey, look, it's changing how we're doing this call. Normally I'm sitting right next to you and I can tap you on the shoulder and now we're doing it remotely. And so I hope he's wrong and he hopes he's wrong, but you know, it could be, you know, how will this change things going forward? I think it'll come back stronger than ever. I think the, the old absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Uh, and as long as kids have an opportunity to get out of school, the tournament will be popular. <laughs> well, well said. Um, the last question I asked the coaches were, um, you know, what's, what's the best thing about making it? And uh, again, you have a group of coaches who've been there before uh, uh, multiple times, no less. Uh, meaning this isn't just a second trip. Um, and they had some great answers, David. They said, look, for me, the best part about making it is the two minutes after a section victory. Mm -hmm. You see the kids like they've never acted before, unless it happened to be a year ago or you saw it five years ago as a coach or something like that. But his point is those particular kids, it's never scripted. It's never faked. It's raw passion and exuberance. And he said, it's two minutes of joy and nothing can replace it. 
And I, this is, this is bold, this statement, but I asked him for honest opinions. And he said, this is up there with like watching your kids take their first step or say their first words. You're so invested in those kids and you spend so much time with them. And this is a year round thing. Honestly, you still have to communicate with them in the spring and the fall. You skate with them in the summer. This year was particularly hard and, and it was harder for coaches to do what they needed to do. And he said, this is like big, big uh, milestone moments in kids' lives. And it's really fun to be able to, that's still the best thing about it. Uh, another coach said, look, we've taken out, and this goes to your point, Dave, a couple minutes ago. Coach says, well, now we've taken out the hotel, the walkover, the Let's Play Hockey Expo playing out uh, next door in the River Center, the vibe, the fans, the kids, the school colors. But he says, but it's still the vibe of being in there and seeing that ice sheet and seeing the wild logo on it. It's going to be a different vibe, but we're going to cherish every part of it. If anything, this will be a state tournament like no other and one we won't forget because it was truly unique. And it's not like when we talk about it kind of the same things we all treasure and cherish, but it is the same each year. You're an NHL guy. What did you think of the Stanley Cup playoffs in the bubble? I mean, because this is a lot similar to that. Did it, did it dampen your Stanley Cup enthusiasm in any meaningful way? Great question. And the answer is absolutely not. It was thrilling. In fact, if anything, you know, watching watching Tampa Bay do the stuff that they did, the the how Dallas played, uh, it didn't take it away from me. In fact, if anything, I I would have preferred to not have the piped in arena noise. Um, I would have liked to hear the hear more of the talk on the ice, the talk on the benches that get picked up by the arena mics. Um, I thought that part was a little contrived, but you know, it wasn't contrived. The the heat of the competition. And here's what I mean by us watching on TV. Um, you watch those guys. It, this may be a weird microcosm, but I think it's reflective watching those guys in the scrums after the whistle and watching those guys fight. Like literally, I mean, this was, it was the exact same for them. So I'm talking about fighting capital F fighting and getting five minute majors, but I'm talking also small F fighting for pucks, fighting to block shots, fighting to get in position, fighting to get that win. Um, I, my guess is if we were to ask the, if we were asked the Stanley cup finalists, um, if it felt any different playing in the finals, they'd say no way. Or to the extent it felt different, it didn't matter once the puck dropped. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you heard some of the best things about making, and I thought those were, I thought those were interesting. Um, you know, the coaches said, look, a few coaches said a similar message, you know, this experience for the kids is off the charts. You get to do something that only a small group of players ever get to do. Uh, or a coach said, we're playing in meaningful games. You're in a, a select field of teams in the greatest amateur tournament in the country. So whether we play it in front of 500 or 5,000, or in our case on Friday night, you know, those, those numbers say 20,000, as much kids sneak in as possible. They're packing the suites uh, wherever they can. And we get those reported numbers. So, um, one of the coaches said the kids get this experience, the treatment, they're being treated like pros, seeing it in their faces, and all those things are still going to happen. So uh, it was, you know, that, that was some of the great stuff that I heard from these coaches when asking, uh, you know, how they really feel uh, when they can speak freely. So now I get to ask a coach, Ted Cheeseboro, who you got as a 2 a champion? Oh, um, <laughs> well, uh, I let's say I wasn't ready for that question, but I can, I can talk extemporaneously. Um, 
the Metro East is a heck of a conference that we play in. So my Henry Sibley Warriors, we get to see Hill Murray. We get to see St. Thomas. We get to see uh, the Class A defending state champs, Matamidae. So we see these really good teams on a nightly basis. And we play a lot of neighboring communities that are just like us, South St. Paul, Simley, and, 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 and Tartan, and so on. Um, if I had to bet all the money in my wallet, which isn't much, thankfully, because uh, it's just use cards these days. But if I had to grab the cash, I think I'd put it on, oh boy, I think I'd put it on Hill Murray because they have the... They have the best combination of all the necessary parts. Yeah. Um, so the most, they're like, it's like voting in their high school yearbook, most likely to succeed, I have to put it on them. But in years past, David, you'd be like, hey, look, uh, I could see if this team did it, that team did it. So I'm not, I won't temper my answer. You want an answer, I'll say Hill Murray. But I, I mean, I will not be shocked at all if Wyzetta wins the, the opening game. I wouldn't be shocked remotely. So, because I do think this year it's, uh, I mean, hey, St. Thomas has to play the number one seed, Eden Prairie. St. Thomas played them tight twice. Um, Maple Grove, I want to see what Maple can, Maple Grove gets to do playing outside of the Northwest Suburban, although they don't even get to do that on the first day. Say, you so, have to wait till the semifinals, potentially, yeah. <laughs> unless it's Andover, and I think things are different for the Mark, Mark Manny and the Huskies. I think they're different. Last, you know, it was new to it was new to him and his staff. It was new to those players. So um, I, I think the, the Maple Grove, Maple Grove ran the clock on a centennial team that I hold dear in my heart and, and who is the obvious number two. I want to walk through this number two seed in the section five double a centennial. They only lost two teams all year, Dave. They lost to Andover and they lost to Maple Grove. And both for, both of them are in the state tournament. Centennial was really good this year and Maple Grove, ran the clock on them the three times that they played. And it hurts me to say that, but it's just a fact. And um, because Centennial is talented. And I, my point is, I think it shows where Maple Grove is at. So I guess it's Hill Murray, if I had to pick, if I had to make a guess, but you can't sleep on any of them. And this year, maybe more than ever, Friday night, the semis are the biggest night. I mean, it's going to be bonkers. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh, give me Eden Prairie. I mean, they, they got here the last two years. We got the championship game and lost the last two years. I think those returning players you mentioned that well, they got five guys, you know, when they show up, I think they're ready to show up every night this time. Uh, last last championship game last year, I, I, I was shocked. I was waiting for them to make push the surge to come back. It never came. And a lot of that has to do with Hill Murray, of course. But I, I think Eden Prairie puts it together this year, and that's my 2 way champ. Um, in 1A – We've got the top two seeds of Hermantown, uh, and then they're the, they're the veteran, and then you've got Gentry Academy as the newcomer. And, you know, Hermantown has, take, has earned its praise, and it's taken a few of its beatings over the years for being in 1A all this time. This is something we'll never have seen before with COVID, and it's, it's something hopefully we never see again. But we should, we should not just blow past it and say, well, let's just get to the normal next year. Uh, we have, you know, this is our tournament this year, and this is what we got. And, and yeah, let's, let's, you know, take some interest, I guess, in, in being part of something we haven't seen before. So now you've got me fired up again, Ted. So this is why, this is another reason we have, yeah, not just the great content, but I feel better after talking to you. So thank you. Hey, and I, um, my boss, uh, God love him. He's good friends with Maple Grove, uh, Maple Grove coach uh, Berglund. And Todd the thing Berglund. is I've been working from home day for the last 12, 13 months here based on the pandemic. And, you said it's a different tournament. Well, 
I hope my boss doesn't listen because I get to have the TV on right next to me now while I'm working next week. So uh, as opposed to ducking into a break room for half an hour and bringing a stack of contracts to read and review. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. And now, I mean, speaking of you, now that you start, when you introduced it with uh, being David Lee Roth, like, look, when we hang up here, I'm going to go put in, I think like, old, like diver down, like old school Van Halen. That'll keep me going the rest of the day. I love, you've been unchained for a long time, my man. So, <laughs> I appreciate your insight. That's Ted Cheeseboro, uh, hockey coach, Henry Sibley. Always a valuable contributor this time of year. Uh, check in with us at startribune.com, at mnhockeyhub.com. We'll have all the coverage. We're, we're treating this with all of the uh, same intensity and interest in bringing all the best coverage we can, both what's happening on the ice and what's going around on around the tournament. Laura Nelson riding shotgun with me again this year. We've already got some good surprises cooked up for the people, Ted. So I hope you and everybody else enjoys it. And uh, you take care. And thanks again for your time. Thanks to you, David. I can't wait to watch what you guys have cooking. And like I said, to be able to watch these games.